whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Karen Pennington here, and I'm feeling good today. I'm very happy. I'm happy isn't always necessary to having a joyful day, but I am happy. I'm at peace. I'm calm. I have clarity that I did not have a couple days ago. Honestly, for a week or so, I was just a mess. I was really stressed out about things to come. I was uncertain about things, feeling guilty, feeling angry. Um, I feel like I'm coming back to the center, and there's a couple of reasons uh, for that. But one word, one word I would like to share that's my word of wisdom today. Actually, it's a word of warning, and that is the word hangry. Hangry. Have you ever been hangry? I, I, I'm not sure for those of my friends who are not from the United States if this is just a term. Maybe we learned it on a commercial over here, or if it's something uh how widespread it is, but hangry is just basically the word hungry plus angry. And that happens, of course, when we don't eat or when we don't eat the right things. Maybe loading up on ice cream and Doritos, you know, <laughs> and junk food in the morning will probably make, a lot of times, make you more hangry by 9 a.m. than if you didn't eat anything because then you're just eating bad stuff. So basically, if you're not eating the right things or if you're eating a lot of the wrong things, you end up having this sugar thing where your body sugar goes down and you're crazy. And my husband, I'm just going to throw him under the bus. He does this all the time. He forgets to eat. I've gotten him those little like protein shakes just so that he can chug them in the morning. So, cause he forgets like by the time he gets up, he just wants to do stuff and he forgets. And then he gets this thing sometimes by noon, sometimes by three, he'll be like, I'm at that point. I'm at that point. Now, I mean, I'm not, like, afraid for my life or anything. He's not going to do anything to hurt me. But he's just saying, I'm so cranky. I feel like I'm going to break down or blow up and yell at someone. And, like, at this point, get me a hamburger or just clear the area. <laughs> because I won't be pleasant if I don't eat it. He knows he does it to himself. And I can't say that I don't either. I Sometimes I, you know, like, forget. Or sometimes I just want a lot of sugar in the morning. But when I'm at my best, like this morning, I had eggs and I had like pepper stir fry in the eggs and I do have coffee and I have water and I've actually packed something decent for lunch today so I'm not going to be eating a bar of something or another pre-whatever <laughs> preservative stuff. It's just a lot of really good stuff. And uh, the other thing I did today was I spend time with God. Now, I spend time with God every day. I would be a monumental hypocrite if I got on here and talked about God and how God's talking to me and I'm not talking. And I do seek God every day, but I've come to realize that sometimes I am seeking understanding, I'm studying, but I'm not having an intimate relationship. And sometimes, uh, oh no, I said that wrong. 
I do have an intimate relationship. But you know how you get to the point in a relationship where you're functioning and you're maybe functioning well and you're seeking information, but then like you haven't really just sat together, you know, like that romance where you sit and you're just with each other and you enjoy each other. And sometimes relationships can get stale. Sometimes we can get tired and sometimes we just need to rest in the arms of someone we love. And as true as that is with human relationship, it's that much more true with God. So I have felt a conviction as my schedule is getting busier and busier and busier that I am too busy not to rest in God. I'm too busy not to just pray. And by resting in God, I don't even have my Bible open. I'm not saying don't read your Bible. I did that. (laughs) I did that too this morning. But what I did was I started my day probably five, ten minutes into the day after I just do my regular, you know, you wake up, I'll say, go to the bathroom, that kind of thing. A couple minutes into that, I go and I turn on some script, some some um, worship music, usually worship music that says, I need you, God, God, I think you're wonderful. Those those sorts of things where I'm just kind of recognizing and resting who God is, is. I do that for maybe 10 minutes before I even open up my Bible so that I'm approaching it with that understanding that I need you. And I'm asking God to be Lord of my day. Um, and it's not because I'm a great person. It's because I can't afford not to do it. Let me tell you, yesterday I started doing this. I did it the day... No, I didn't do it the day before yesterday. The day before yesterday, I did the exact opposite, and I had a breakdown, and I cried, and I wept, and my husband couldn't do anything to make me feel better because everything was horrible, and I'm, like, crying out to God, and uh, and God took me, you know. He, God still received me, but so yesterday I did, and, and I saw God first through just resting in who God was, and then through this, this other stuff, and I um, went to school and all of a sudden everything got easy that day. It's weird. School's not necessarily easy, you know, middle schoolers, but there was just so much joy in the day. And I was, I was like amazed. I'm like, I'm not stressed. I can say no to the things that I can't get done. There was too much thrown at me for me to be able to do. But instead of freaking out, I had this sense of peace and a sense of centeredness where I could with integrity and with peace, choose what I needed to do. So it was crazy. All summer, when my schedule even wasn't as good, I was not necessarily. I was reading the Bible. I was seeking God. I was writing. It's not that I didn't hear from God. Not that I didn't have fruits. But I didn't take this time to just sort of, I didn't always take this time to rest. You know, I do get to that point where it's hard for me even to do pure worship, like, because oh, I got to write this down. So I'm like looking up something in the Bible or I'm texting somebody something about this thing that I just thought and I just, and just sitting in God's presence. It's sometimes I don't want to shut up, you know, (laughs) I can say that. So I thought about Daniel, you know, Daniel was a prophet. Daniel was a man of God who was actually leader in a pagan nation. And, uh, they say that Nebuchadnezzar or Darius, I'm sorry, at this point, he was the ruler of Darius, uh, Daniel had been a ruler for decades. He'd been a religious leader. And in Babylon, they allowed multiple religious leaders, multiple priests. Uh, And actually, some of the priests were leaders as well. Darius appointed 120 leaders. And among those 120 leaders, three stood out. And among those three, Daniel stood out. And it says in Daniel 6, Because of his extraordinary spirit, Daniel soon surpassed the other officers and chief administrators. 
So much so that the king had plans to set him over the entire kingdom. Okay, so we're talking about not just a little city, not just a school, not just an area. We're talking about an empire, this great empire that involved many nations. We're not talking about just leading one church. We're talking about leading all the churches, overseeing everything. Because he had such wisdom, not just to deal with people who were like him, who had his faith, but even people with different faiths. He could deal with people with different faiths in a godly way. And they had nothing on him. Can you imagine a politician that, <laughs> I'm saying it, a politician who has nothing, no anything against him as a chief administrator that the king and the emperor trust so much that he's going to give them everything. The king will still be the figurehead. The king will still be the person who can say yes or no, but the work's going to be done by Daniel. And they tried to find a problem, and all they said, he wasn't guilty of any negligence, any corruption. So this is verse 5 of Daniel 6. We won't find any faults unless we can find something against him from his, from his religious practice. So they basically bamboozled the king into signing these laws saying you can't pray to anybody but me. They knew that Daniel prayed three times a day. Three times a day of resting in God. You would think that if anything, somebody who's over an entire set of nations, the ruler of basically everything known to them in that sphere on earth, would not have enough time to stop and pray three times a day. I have a hard time stopping and praying three times a day, and I'm only in charge of a few middle school students. No. You'd think that, what am I going to do about the king? No. It says, Daniel 6.10, even after he found out, my life is in danger. Not only now is there a hard time to do this, but I'm going to be in trouble if I don't. It says, Daniel knelt down and prayed and praised God three times that day, just as he always did. And I thought, meals. Three meals a day, you know, too busy not to eat, <laughs> too busy not to pray. Things are too important not to take them to God. So, and it's funny because these corrupt people, if they would have thought about it, Daniel has so much integrity that he's going to do the right thing no matter what. And if they really thought about it, Daniel has so much integrity that he's getting success in everything he did. They didn't have that faith, though. Even being thrown into a lion's den couldn't, the idea of being thrown into a lion's den or dying couldn't keep him from his integrity. And in fact, it lifted him higher and it lifted God up higher. But guess what, guys and gals? He couldn't have done it if he hadn't have been eating his meals. I can't get through the day if I'm not resting and allowing God to feed me. None of us can. I mean, we sort of can. But do we really want to live hangry lives? Do we really want to live hangry spirituality? You know, <laughs> I have. I did on Monday. <laughs> Took a whole session of crying out to God with my husband praying with me to even get halfway right in my head. I don't want to do that. I, I want to take that five or ten minutes to stretch. It's not, it never seems like I have enough time to do it. But really, I'm too busy not to. And we all are. So that's a challenge for me, for us. Remember to eat your meals. Remember to eat the right things. And remember to take that time every day. Definitely once. Better three times a day to get your real daily bread from the bread of life. Lord Jesus, thank you. You always feed us. You always are ready to speak to us. You're always well ready to, to heal us. You're always ready to give us the things that we ask according to your will and faith for those of us who trust you, Lord. 
Take our mustard seed of faith, Lord Jesus. Remind us, just draw us into you. So, Because we know, God, if we seek you in the morning, if we seek your rest in the morning, it doesn't mean the day will be easy, but it'll be good. It doesn't mean that there won't be issues, but there will be peace, God, because we trust you to deliver, because you always do. Be glorified in us and in our days. And may we understand that we're too busy not to acknowledge you and to receive your grace and to exalt you in your glory. In your name, amen. Be blessed, be at peace, and take a few minutes just to rest in God. 